This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. From the northwest to the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles. Thanks, Andy. That's, like, auto, that's automatic Andy with a round of applause. I just like clapping. It makes it, it so it's funner. Yeah, except the other audience of the, t- the, the t- 250,000 don't clap. I just had to count them all quickly. Mm. Truck Girl Jen's here as well. Um... How you get, yeah. Everybody gets one. What was that, headbutting something? <laughs> yeah. I can't actually see what goes on in your desk, so I'm concerned. You don't want to. Okay, good. I can't see over in my mind. Yeah, there's a reason <laughs> I'm below y'all. Hey, uh, Auto Show's back. Uh, Chicago Auto Show just did that. That means uh, everybody gets to enjoy their local auto show. Hi, Chicago. Yeah, I spent the uh, the week uh, with you, my friends, and it was uh, it was delightful. Mm. It was delightful. I, usually the Chicago Auto Show is in the winter. Yeah, February, right? My body parts missing mm-hmm. <laughs> from being there in the winter. I won't tell you which one. Yeah. Uh, you know, but parts of me go black at Chicago in the winter because they get gangrene and fall off. Mm. Did you so, see the big bean thing? The, the silver bean. the silver I've been there. thing where you can touch it, but it's big. Oh, is that outside the uh, the, the next star tower, the Tribune uh, Tower, they call it? Yeah, I thought maybe it'd be close to where you were. No, Mm-mm. I was uh, the McCormick Shanna. McCormick Shanna. Okay. Where the auto show was. And they moved it to the new McCormick wing we've never been in before. So that was interesting. The show was a little small, but, you know, it's coming out of pandemic. We all got to stretch a little bit, get get our going out muscles working. Because we know we haven't been going out anywhere. No. So no. auto show, it was fun. There's a new Jeep Compass revealed. Uh, they had the NX there from Lexus. That was pretty cool. So nice. Plug-in to hybrid. Have that stuff back. Yeah, there's the new Corolla Cross. So as the our American Olympians are heading to the and British uh, heading to the Olympics, <laughs> um, the the uh, the cool guys from Toyota who's supporting them, they they're getting them to go in places, the Olympic Village and all that sort of thing. They brought out a the Corolla. Did you know the Corolla is the world's best-selling car? Mm-hmm. 45 million they've sold. Is that all? Yeah, that's all. Is that crazy? All made by one guy called Bob? No, that's <laughs> a lie. Um, and uh, in 1966, it's been around, which happens to be the world of England, the year that England won the World Cup, but we won't get into that. Um, the last time. You're so um, British. So I am painfully British. And so there was, there's that, and the new Corolla Cross. So Corolla grew up into a SUV. It's all adult now. Wow. Yeah, it's grown up. So the Corolla, is, I mean, then they're still making the sedan for now. I was going to say. For now, but okay. they also have a Corolla Cross, which is an SUV. Tows 1,500 pounds, has all the latest, you know, wireless charging, the Androids, the Autos, the, uh, you know, uh, all those dot-com things that you like in their vehicle. Big yeah. screen, yeah. Um, family-oriented. Just saying, go away, cheap, nasty sedans. We're getting glorious Corollas sedans and glorious Corolla uh, Crosses now, which is a crossover. Uh, there was also, they had this, the Aria there from Nissan and this, the Proto Z. We're going to talk about the forthcoming uh, 400, Z400, which is coming up. But we'll look back at the you know, the, seven, the 370Z, which is the current model, and maybe a little bit about what happens to Zs in history and why they're such an iconic sports car. They're Nissan, fun to drive, too. N- Nissan had their Aria, their all-electric SUV, 
And uh, what else did they have? Yeah, just a ton of stuff. There was that you know new Compass. The Ford Maverick was there. That new little truck, which uh, cost under $20,000 starting price and does 40 miles a gallon. Yeah, what? shut up. Mm-hmm. That shut whole up sentence right was a, was truth? Yeah, yes. all truth. That was a lot of sentence going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, a lot of things. Uh, what else uh, we have on the show today? Infinity have a new SUV. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, there is a McLaren for everyday drivers. We don't need a helmet for it. Yeah, it's, it's oh, like, finally. It's like, finally, uh, you actually rode in the GT with me, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And I didn't need a helmet. No. Only because it doesn't have in my size. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why. Uh, we're also going to have the top three muscle cars. Perry Stern going to join us to talk about that. What are the top three muscle cars? I'm going to just take a hazard guess in my head, but I won't say it out loud until later. There's uh, only three left, isn't there? Just kidding. <laughs> Actually, yeah, didn't they discontinue the Camaro? I think this is last year. Is that right? Uh, say yeah. it ain't so. Huh? Boo. Well, give it 10 years. It'll come back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, that was a stab at GM. Um, mine was the last one, <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to wait 10 years. Uh, <laughs> And then also, we're going to talk about what cars are most made in America. Um, mm. You know, we only do this show once a week. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I do radio news every day and TV news every day, and I sit in front of a screen and read to people like I'm a storyteller in a puppet show. That's the, <laughs> that's how <laughs> news anchoring is on the television. Um, but, you know, it, the reasons to find your next hire if you're looking for a job, uh, indeed, uh, their numbers are adding up with them. Just look at the numbers. In, in Instant match searches millions of resumes in Indeed's database to deliver candidates whose resumes fit the job description. That's if you're looking for that new job. Uh, they have 135 skill tests that go way beyond the resume to help you find the right uh, candidates fast. Uh, according to uh, Talent Nest, Indeed uh, has delivered four times more hires than all the other job sites combined combined and uh, so if you want uh, you know if you want to multiply your employees and subtract the hassle of finding them then visit indeed.com slash credit yeah, they, and you might go there for a new job if you guys need one Monday to Friday I've gotten a job I've gotten two jobs off indeed have you no it works really great I am not the the best at using the internet and it made it the really, dot coms yeah the dot coms I didn't ride that wave and they uh, they made a very C spot run very easy for me to figure out how to do a job. Thanks, indeed. Uh, here we go. Indeed, tailored for automatic Andy and his pals. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. So we have been uh, we've been driving a couple of cars this week. Uh, or one car and one truck, to be precise. The new Mazda three, uh, which is now in a turbo, and the F one fifty from Ford, the platinum best selling truck in the world. And Andy. You uh, you came up with reasons, didn't you? Oh, you I like, got He lists. was like, I'm, I'm, I'm making lists about this. We're going to do TikToks on it. Yep. So uh, let's start with the Ford F-150. Are you ready? Yeah, go. Go. Your five, the five reasons you like the F-150. Go. So nervous. Okay. So number one, arguably, should be one, two, three, four, and five, but it has a folding gear shift. Hear me out. Folding gear shift. You can put it down. It works in direct conjunction with the workspace tray that Ford came out, so it's easy to put your laptop, your cell phone, or do other things on lunch that you need to do. I I showed you like when I showed you it, didn't I? I but I was I didn't believe you. I was like, oh, this is. You press a button and the shifter, which is like a traditional shifter, folds down into the and then you fold a table out on top and you could work on it. The technology blew my mind. Yeah, I didn't I, quite I give, understand. I had it. to give him CPR. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand it. Also has power outlets in the back, 
But here's the thing. It's not just a power outlet, right? Like, you plug it in, electricity, yay. Yeah. It has two 3.6-kilowatt generators, which means with the power, bu- the power Boost full hybrid, the V6 version, you can act like a portable generator for up to 64 hours next stop. Dude. Also, when while you're lost, back When there, we lost power. Yeah, 64 Thanks. hours of yeah. power we could have had. Thank you. And while you're back there, there's rulers and clamps on the tailgate, Nick. How cool is that? You measure so things. You have two what clamp would we measure? holes. What will we measure? And uh, all of it. <laughs> everything, all of it. <laughs> there's everything that guys measure can be <laughs> measured on the tailgate. <laughs> Could you just lie down on this tailgate so we can see how big your head is? Yeah. Uh, well, it's a good thing because it has a clamp hole, too. Oh, yeah. Can we clamp your head to the tailgate? So and, we can Nick, you'll appreciate this. It's in both <laughs> Imperial and Metric. Oh, just yeah, in I case. Like, I like the Imperials. Hey, did, you you see, did you see Chuck go Jenner roll her eyes at us? <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm done with you. Get I out know. of my studio. You're going to get a headache with all those eye rolls. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, ju- I just really know you guys, so I know exactly what you've been doing on. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I measure my metrics. fingernails to see when they need to be cut. That's yeah, everything's I mean. going Imperial. I guarantee it. <laughs> uh, and then they also, Numero I Quattro. Spit my coffee out. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, there's speakers. In the headrest, and they have beautiful stitching and custom perforations that have the audio put in it, and it's brought to you by the Bang and Olsons. Olufsen. Them too. Yeah. <laughs> and number five, Nick, drum roll. When you open the car, yeah. there's hidden U.S. flags. Oh. So when you open it, they're yeah. proudly displayed on each side of the... Um, what is it called? The door panels. Yeah. The, all right. The dashboards. Yeah. So okay. when you open oh, yeah, them up, the it's like eagle feathers, but oh. it's but it's like an American flag because oh. America. Oh. God, that's so. If you forget where you are, just open the door of the F one fifty and see what flag is on the inside. It'll tell you. America. <laughs> I'm those glad, those are I'm the glad five we don't reasons. Have any listeners who I mean, we do have a lot of listeners. Sorry about all of our listeners in France. What's the number one country? We France was it. Uh, Canada after U.S. and then Canada's just Germany. uh, Canada's just America's backyard. Yeah, Germany, which you're going. We have 47 people in Kenya. (laughs) You checked it. Mm -hmm. Kenya really. Let's have them all on next week. Just invite them. We'll fly them over and have them in the studio. That's fine. All right. Uh, Our auto expert. We got a packed show today. Let's just go over again what we got on the show. Thank you, Andy. We'll do the Mazda later in the show. Yeah, because I don't think I can take back-to-back no, you top can't. five lists of what Andy Oh, come found. on. No, you just sit down. Number one is the <laughs> massage seats. Oh, in the Ford? Oh, well, I forgot okay. about that part. Number yeah. two is the engine, 5.0 yeah. Number three is the 10-speed uh, transmission. And number oh. four is the payload, which is 3,324. Where's Charlie Brown's teacher's music? Yeah. Five <laughs> is <laughs> the <laughs> comfy seats. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> American flags, Jen. American flags, Jen. <laughs> Come on. Okay. American right. flags. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Imperial. Did you just tell Jen's getting all Ford up in our grills? <laughs> Jen hates uh, us. The, right she- now. the Chevy lover. She's up Ford up. Yeah, I'm going to Ford you in your grill. I'm Miss Chevy lover. Hey, but we had a ton of cup holders today that held all our coffee. That's true. And that's my last one. Facts. <laughs> that's all true. I concede that was my American better. flags, Andy. Flags, Just American. Flag. American flags. Uh, salute to our troops. Why didn't you like our troops, Jen? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this okay. This didn't even make the top ten list what? for Why made wasn't in America. It your top ten. 
it was not on the top 10 list for Made no, in America. No, why wasn't it your, why weren't the flags your number one? Oh, I've got flags everywhere. Just leaving that right there. Yeah. There's more hour of expert <laughs> on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert podcast is available 24-7 on our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Automatic Andy, and uh, he is in the pits with us today, as well as truck girl Jen. Um, you saw that Virgin got their, uh, or they, uh, did they get it, or are they, are they the next ones to go up, the spaceship? Oh no! So, I think yeah, the Virgin went up, went up and yeah. uh, Amazon is going up. I actually got a chance to visit Spaceport America um, in the middle of the desert, which was super interesting. Um, and when I went there, uh, we went with Infinity to look at their latest vehicles, and they showed off some of the vehicles of the future. The QX55, which we have already seen, mm-hmm. we got to see a sneak peek of it then. Oh, this is probably about a year ago now. We got to see a sneak peek of that vehicle there. They they showed us and they're like, don't take pictures, don't tell anybody else. We'll you know, gouge your eyes out or whatever they threaten to do. <laughs> Never invite you to an event again. And uh, they also a lot of their futuristic vehicles were there. Um, that was, we saw the sort of the all electric, the Korean styling, beautifully. Uh, not Korean, Japanese styling, beautiful vehicles, which sort of fashioned after flowers, and they were just so beautiful. Um, the trouble is when you get to see those things, you get to touch and see them and play with them. It takes so long to, um, for them to come to market. I get frustrated. This is yeah. concept vehicles. You go to auto shows and you see concept vehicles and you're just like, that's, oh. that's hard. It that's, is hard. It is hard. So, yeah. So the Spaceport America was the uh, opportunity to first see those, um, new infinity vehicles. And I'm like, sitting here twiddling my thumbs going come on infinity let's go to work do you need help like can we can we just can we run over to japan and give you some help to get your vehicles out so my frustration is when you see beautiful vehicles that are coming in 10 years time and then it takes 10 years for them to come i get very frustrated however some of those new infinities have started to arrive right now kyle basemore joining us on the phone to talk about the new uh, qx60 so kyle um this is sort of the beginning of the next gen well the qx55 i guess was the beginning of the next gen infinities the q6 uh, qx60 is is the next one so uh, tell us a little bit about the vehicle and and what it does differently than the original or the last version of the vehicle sure hey nick how you doing i'm glad to be here um the uh, all-new QX60 will be arriving in our showrooms in early fall, and uh, it is uh, an all-new version of our current QX60, which was our first three-row crossover uh, in the uh, Infinity line. Oh. So um, you're probably familiar with the current QX60, but this one just takes it to the next level. It's much more muscular on the outside. It's wider, has a wider stance. It's built on an all-new platform. It has an all-new nine-speed automatic. And then uh, we really built the car to do uh, really be the best of both world of all worlds uh, for our owners. And we, we just, it has design. The inside is very comfortable to uh, keep you from the chaos of, of life, you know, family life these days. And then it's chock full of technology from heads-up displays to wireless CarPlay and wireless charging for your smartphone. I love the fact that uh, you don't have to have something the size of a small house to get three rows in because it used to be like three row vehicles were just so huge. And now the technology has advanced so far forward that uh, everybody's able to repackage um, vehicles to actually get a lot more space in the inside as well, aren't they? 
Uh, that's very true. And uh, even the third row is a very hospitable place to be. There are uh, air vents in the ceiling. There's tri-zones, climate control to keep everybody comfortable. There's USB ports everywhere. So, you know, it really is a really great place. And and the other thing, too, is one of the, the uh, things that the original QX60 pioneered is we've all had the situation where we've, you know, had child safety seats in the second row and have to take them out to access the third row. So the original QX60, we saw that, and we were able to devise a way for, you know, parents just to, you know, leave the child seat latched in the seat and be able to allow access to the third row. And for this generation, we've taken that even further where there is a power uh, electronic uh, release. You push one button, the seat comes forward, and it's very easy to connect to that very roomy third row. I tell everybody, and this is one of the things I've always uh, announced to everybody at Finity, Infinity were... I mean, 70% of the safety features you see on modern vehicles actually came out of Infinity. So I'm going to guess that this is also packed with some new generation technology. Uh, for sure. Uh, the uh, QX60, uh, it, it comes standard, the all-new one comes standard with a lot of the technologies that Infinity pioneered, from uh, lane departure warning to blind spot warning. Uh, there is a rear traffic alert. So when you were, you know, backing out of the mall, you know, we all have that little anxiety. Are you going to back into something, or is the kid that's late for working at Orange Julius going to take you out when you're, um, you know, come down the road and you're trying to back out? So uh, we did uh, devise a technology where there would be uh, pedestrians that could be de- uh, detected uh, when you're reversing out of a of a lane, or it will see a vehicle coming and then warn you and then stop the car before there's any kind of impact. Right, and and the surround view or the bird's eye camera was the the one thing that I don't think a single automaker hasn't adopted that first was showed up in the I think FX forty five was that yeah that's correct uh, it, it was uh, it was I believe it was in our uh, Infinity EX but it was uh, uh, the around view monitor which is four cameras mounted around the car and and stitched together seamlessly so you have a three hundred sixty degree view around the car at all you know when you're trying to reverse or pull into a parking spot uh, that was a technology that Infinity uh, pioneered. All right, so the big the big question is price and availability. Yes, uh, the car starts at forty six thousand eight hundred fifty dollars, and that includes leather, a panoramic sunroof, the tri zone auto, uh, auto climate uh, that we uh, talked about, the heated steering wheel, uh, lane departure warning, and uh, it just the list goes on and on and right. on. It's a very very well equipped equipped car in base form, uh, and it will be in showrooms in early fall. Early fall is uh, when I'm looking forward to, hopefully I'll get to drive it a little bit before that, but I'm looking forward to uh, actually have some time with a new uh, QX60. Kyle, it's always a great pleasure to talk to you. Um, I am planning a trip to Nashville very soon, so uh, let's uh, see if we can spend some time together. I would love that. Give me a call. We'll catch up. All right. be happy to finally see you in person. Absolutely. Pandemic is on its way out. Kyle Bazemore is the, the big the big shaker and stirrer at big Infinity. Cheese. The big cheese at Infinity <laughs> PR in the U.S. here. And he always keeps me up to date with everything that's going on. I just really think that they've done an amazing job with the uh, the Infinity lineup. It's beautiful. Uh, and, uh, boy, you want to see some of those vehicles that we saw at the Spaceport America that are coming in the future. I mean, they're all on display. You can go look at them at Infinity's site, but look at the future insurance concept vehicles that they're working on um the next generation of infinity is just going to be a complete jaw dropper as well so i'm excited about that all right still to come on the show we're going to talk about a supercar that even andy could drive yeah yeah and jen wouldn't drive it because it's not what are you talking about you you couldn't take the keys out of my hand
You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our Auto Expert Radio Show. Our Auto Expert is on TikTok. You can start a conversation with us, ask us a car question. Just direct message us at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, this is Nick Miles along with Automatic Andy and Truck Girl Jen. And uh, Andy, did you enjoy the McLaren GT? <clears throat> Not only did I enjoy it, I enjoyed eating a ham sandwich in it. <laughs> Because it made, I got it. I ate my sandwich a lot faster too. You know, Roger's on the phone now, and it's his car, and he's probably not going to be very happy that he ate his ham sandwich yeah. in his car. Well, it, it went really fast because I was fast in the car. Did I accelerate? Yeah, he, he accelerated when I took a, a bite of ham, Roger, and he thought it was funny, but at no point was it a joke. <laughs> Um, Roger, I have to say congratulations, by the way. Um, The GT uh, was the first McLaren I've had in recent times, and so you are one car down and just 13 more to go to arrive in my driveway. Oh, 12 more to go. Two cars down. What? Uh, you, you drove the seven. Was it the seven twenty? Yeah, that was spider. like four years ago. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No. At go least six. It. So uh, doesn't matter. It, it's twelve more to go, Roger. <laughs> Perfect. Well, at least we've got you one. I remember the complaint last time was you hadn't driven one. I think we we fixed that. Now, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So he'll stop the, complaining. Um, the, the TikTok was super popular. We did on the vehicle. So uh, anytime you take a, a does the GT are the doors called dihedral doors? Is it on the GT? Yep. Yeah, so the dihedral doors yep. on the GT, uh, when you take a picture of that, just with the doors mm-hmm. open, it, it's all it needs yep. to anywhere on social media because people immediately click it. Like, oh, look, <laughs> Inter- interesting doors. So what I did was post a picture of that um, as the title picture, the thumbnail for the video, and everybody was just uh-huh. clicking on it like crazy. And so we were getting thousands of views in an hour. It was quite fun. Um, yeah, so that it's, it's the car... For uh, people who haven't been trained as a race car driver to drive, I say jokingly, but um, you know you don't really have to be a race car driver to drive. It's well, you amazing. do. There's a list of McLarens you probably couldn't drive unless you're a race car driver. But however, there this this is the one for the people with me who have minimal skills that can drive it, and uh, that's the coolest thing about it. I can just be like Mr. Bean and have a McLaren, and ultimately I uh, don't have to have done any of the racing schools. I, d- I brought my helmet in case, but I didn't need it, Roger, just to let you know. <laughs> Roger, I have, I, have to t- I have to tell you the funniest thing was watching them get out of it. <laughs> and then that's the end of the joke. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Watching him get out was funny. That was yeah. awesome. That it was, was a blast. Did, so, he, did he not perfect it? Did he not perfect the getting in and out? It's all, it that's it a takes a while, Roger. It takes a while <laughs> to work out that you have to pivot your legs out first. I just laugh. Because yeah. the first thing you do is think you're going to get into it like a normal car. And then you're like, ooh, it's uh-huh. like the bathtub. A little bit. <laughs> you don't just oh, step out of the bathtub, do you? It's a little bit more no, no, complicated. No, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. I bet Jen was much more graceful. I was. Jen. I'm the yeah. shortest. <laughs> yeah, she has the least She has the least uh, uh, body rash and scars from all of us <laughs> getting out of it. Yeah, I, I have a I have a patented tuck and roll dip method. <laughs> okay, but I did. But my issue was like, I couldn't get the seat up far enough. I had a yeah. problem with that. Yeah, but that's what phone books are oh, for, yeah, Jim. Yeah, yeah. yeah, phone books. There are people that have sat on cushions before, yes, or yes. phone books, Nick. That's there's, right. uh-huh. there's super famous stories about Jen, Roger, about having to, to put phone books in the seat of her regular daily car because she didn't wasn't able to see over the desk. I still have it. It's a pillow in my truck. I've got yeah, a pillow she sits on a pillow in her truck just so she can see over the dashboard. Yeah. Um, and it's 
what I enjoy most about it is Jen's a fairly young lady, but when she gets to 80 years old, she's going to be somewhere under the steering wheel. <laughs> oh, I'll just get more books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely going to have a McLaren and get more books. The library bus that comes to your house will be dropping off 25 books a week. It's going to be hilarious. Uh, let's get on to uh, yeah, mature adult things here, the yeah. vehicle. So uh, monocoque shell, I mean, uh, it has sort of everything that uh, McLaren has as famous for carbon fiber, uh, reasonably sized engine, but it's super lightweight until we sit in it. And then it goes super fast. I mean, that's really the story, isn't it? It is really, yeah. It's, it's, I think you hit the nail on the head initially, Nick. It's a more usable McLaren, a day-to-day user car. And that's what it's really been designed for. You're right. Most uh, McLarens are, they're all race-bred, as you know. But I think this one was made with the, the mindset that it's more accessible for everybody. It's easy to jump in and drive. Yeah, wait, um, wait. And it, for some people, you should put a, you should, for some people, it's easy to jump in and yeah, drive. There, there will be no jumping. Roger, you don't want me to jump in any of your cars, sir. <laughs> Uh, oh, I can't wait to send you pictures, Roger. <laughs> well, I just have any pictures now, any visuals for this, yeah. obviously. S- to support oh, it. Um, you know, <laughs> you, you do bring up a good point, though, Roger. I mean, a, a, a more usable McLaren on a long-term basis. Um, and, and is that, you know, is that just something that McLaren think, or do they have evidence of that? Because, I'm, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm willing to sacrifice a long-term loan to let you understand how right. daily be oh, usable geez, it is. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you want to experience the five thousand miles and just just get get in tune with the car. Absolutely, yes. Nick. Absolutely. Was that five thousand uh, a no, week? It, it, yeah. <laughs> in terms of evidence, yeah. What's been strange is it's about been about seventy to seventy five percent Conquest customers for so people new to the brand. So um, there are people that I think have probably considered a supercar before, but thought, hey, you know, it's not for me. I couldn't use it every day. Uh, and as a daily driver, I think it's been really successful in completing more people to the McLaren brand, no question. And these are the people that probably maybe had, uh, just to pick an example, uh, 911 Porsches in the past. Right. And gone through those and thought, oh, I want something different, but I want something I can use every day. Same thing. And this is the first McLaren that's really appealed to that demographic. Yeah. No, and and I felt that on a you know like just running to the store to to get you know pork rinds or whatever it might be, um, it's that sort of car you can do the quick nip here. It's not you don't have to have a super windy road, although that does help. But you don't have to yeah. have you know uh, open roads and this thing driving in traffic. There is one massive downside to having a McLaren. Oh okay. dear. Yeah, oh, the, the ma- it's other people. Price? No, other people. Oh, well, yeah. you know, <laughs> price is price, but it's That's other people. That's why you're single, you buy one. No, other people, it's objectionable about a people that lean out of car windows to take pictures of you. Because and after a while, beautiful. it gets really, really annoying. Yeah, you know how many times I got catcalled? <laughs> I am so much more than a McLaren. <laughs> you're a person. Yeah. Yeah. Eyes up okay. here. It, Don't be a wallflower. No, it, you cannot be a wallflower with McLaren, unfortunately. No. Um, it, but, and, Every guest station trip takes about half an hour because you have to explain everything about the car. <laughs> yes. It's, you know, you see fathers and sons, mothers and daughters heading yep. over to you in the parking garage and you just like, oh, I'll park up the next level. I can't <laughs> deal with this. You know, it, it starts to be. I know. Like when you drive yeah. it, you just want to take like the little cones and right. stuff and like put it around the car. Like, don't. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't breathe on it. You know, it's, I'm it's suspicious. Beautiful. I'm so, so when I park at my doctor's office, mm-hmm. I park in the back, and the window that I park in front of is the doctor's actual office where the husband and wife team, who are my physicians, uh, work. 
I'm suspicious that my bill has gone up at the doctor's office ever since I drove the McLaren there. I think that he saw that and went, well, we're going to milk him for yeah, exactly. two grand this month. Yep. You know, it's just, I'm super suspicious. He looked at it and went, oh, he's got money. But it, but it is a nice, easier drive than most of the fastest cars we've driven. You know, the yeah. supercars. It's you, you, you did a lot of tuning, suspension tuning and, and steering tuning yeah. to make yeah. it sort of more for, you know, Daily let's room. be honest, stupid people like me to be able to drive. <laughs> User friendly, Nick. Okay, User sorry. Friendly. Yeah, I'm not that good at the marketing spiel. User friendly uh, <laughs> items to be able to drive the McLaren. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, the, the suspension is a lot more compliant. It's a lot softer in comfort modes. You know, you have the three modes as comfort, sport and track. They're much more compliant and softer than in other McLarens traditionally. Uh, and the other thing that makes it more usable is actually, you know, the nose lift that we have on the, the, the regular supercars. Uh, it's even more extensive in this car. So it actually raises up the front of it to the, the height of a regular Mercedes C-Class sedan. Oh. So then when you're negotiating curbs and, and big drainage channels and things like that, you don't worry about losing the front of your carbon front splitter on the yeah. car. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, how yep. many have you had to replace on these vehicles? Um, not on these, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. But on do the you, others, one or two, yes. Do you get a lot of dinner invitations? Me personally? Yeah. No, <laughs> why? Well, I'm just thinking, you know, the guy... <laughs> num- no, any time. You know, that's that's open invitation, <laughs> but... but um, I'm just thinking, you know, it's the guy at number 53 is a vice president at McLaren. He, you know, we'll yeah. have him over for dinner and he'll bring something flash. I'm just thinking that that's oh, yeah, probably yeah, what... Yeah. No, I have people coming around my street on a regular basis, bringing their kids, usually, to sit in the car, take pictures. Yeah, yeah, right. when they're here, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that he... does happen a lot. How often... But honestly, that's one Go of on. the lovely parts, Nick. It's, it's the sharing of the brand for us. Right. It's, you know, we might be an exclusive brand, but we like to call ourselves an inclusive exclusive brand uh, and we love sharing the cars with people that's the whole point for us it really is um it's beautiful to as an enthusiast probably you as a kid like me went and collected car brochures around the showrooms and everything of that nature and the ability to share those cars with people is just wonderful it's it makes the job very worthwhile and just just as a absolutely sacrificial lamb i'm willing to do more of that if you need me to (laughs) just sharing with you and jen was was special for me right (laughs) it was a lot of fun it really was it was great when i uh we drove through the neighborhood you know and i'm driving it super slow because i wanted to feel and hear everything you know and this this kid is like mowing the lawn and he just literally just stopped drop and rolled like whoa what is that (laughs) yeah so hard it had nothing to do with Jen weaving all over the road, I but was it, was, not it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Roger, so how much is this car going to cost me if I would have to go and buy one at McLaren and not get a free one in my driveway? Well, base price, Nick, it's easily affordable for you and your, your massive entertainment salary that you have, about $200,000. Oh, good. Well, I have two then. Uh, it is uh, it is an absolute piece of marvellous engineering. And, uh, I, you know, now I'm going to have to sharpen my driving skills when as we step up and go through the other 12 McLarens that I'm going to get exactly. in my driveway this year. All also. I know is that I need to get a raise or something because I need the Artura. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, you're working for the wrong show, Jen. I can tell you that for a start. Because <laughs> the, the first person here getting an Artura is going to be Andy. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm getting one on its way. Roger, I'll race you. Okay. Uh, The gauntlet's been thrown down again. Yeah, you have it, Uh, Roger. It's more than a pleasure to have you on the show. We enjoy it every time. If you want to learn more about McLaren's uh, wonderful lineup, they're all thirteen cars which we will be driving this year are on the McLaren website. So we'll talk to you soon. Our auto expert will be right back.
You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 14,000 people have downloaded Our Auto Expert podcast and many more are streaming it. Our Auto Expert join the happy listeners via iHeart, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles. This is Our Auto Expert radio show where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, there is Truck Girl Jen in the studio as well as Automatic Andy. And uh, the, the righty-righty portion of uh, Our Auto Expert is Perry Stern, and he's on the phone here. He, because I'm words are not my friend. Righty, um, righty. Know. Yeah, is that's that what, that's what you do, Perry? Right, you're a righty, righty guy. Is that metric? Yeah, the righty, righty of the wordy wordies. Yeah. Oh, See? Okay. Perry gets it. You must be British too. <laughs> the uh, one of the things I think that muscle cars used to be a real summer vehicle, and uh, now that the all-wheel drive muscle cars have sort of arrived, those places like Detroit and. The rest of Michigan, you're able to drive them all year round. I have friends in Detroit that, that have like two wheel drive muscle cars and they don't, you know, rear wheel drive and they don't get them out, like, you know, like just seven months a year. But uh, now that you have all wheel drive muscle cars, uh, it's much easier to drive it all year round, especially if you live above the Mason Dixon line. Um, so we thought we'd Hello. have. Go on. I was going to say, with the right tires, rear wheel drive in the snow can be a blast. Yeah, it depends how much <laughs> snow, though. That's a, That's a difficult one. You know, like two feet. Uh. I don't drive my Camaro in the snow. You I, don't? No, I tried yeah. it one time, and that was stupid. Yeah, what was it? <laughs> okay. But your, your Camaro is 20 years old? It is. Yeah. So it, things are... Yeah, that's not a winter car. No, yeah. not at all. Things, it wasn't even like... It wasn't even like a quarter... Of, I mean, it was only a quarter of an inch. I mean, it was just nothing, and it was just like... My car's like, nope. Bring yes. me back in the garage. Welcome to Camaro. Uh, <laughs> so, so Perry, we thought we'd talk about the top three muscle cars in the United States. I don't, can you count Camaro as a muscle car anymore? Isn't it going away? Uh, no, I, I think you can still count Camaro as a muscle car. I mean, there's you know there's a wide range of Camaros available. I mean, you can get everything from the base level, you know, SS for under forty grand, which you know still packs a big punch, uh, you know, and has plenty of muscle. I mean, you're talking you know four hundred and fifty five horsepower. In a Camaro is not bad, but you bump up to the ZL1, and suddenly you've got a supercharged engine that's putting out, you know, more than what 600 horsepower, right? Um, 650 horsepower, and so that's a lot of muscle, no question. I mean, and and that's the thing is, you know, muscle cars used to be, you know, really good in a straight line, and you know, if you had to turn, suddenly, you know, you're you're at the problem of the original car that the muscle car was based on, which doesn't have a suspension, didn't have the tires. Um, now you've got cars that are not only, you know, big muscle, but they're proper sports cars. I mean, they handle. It only they're took us. To it, it only really took us from the 1960s. So it took us 60 years to work out that we needed to turn. <laughs> well, you don't want to rush these things. <laughs> no. Uh, but so muscle cars turn now. I mean, that's I like that. <laughs> there are plenty. Exactly. There's, there's plenty of old Left. ones that were horrible. To, and, uh, even, I mean, you, you wouldn't even count the Viper as a muscle car, but I remember the Viper just, you'd be fine until you had a turn and just oh, slow down to 30 miles an hour. So squirrely. Yeah, the old one. Mm -hmm. uh, so, what are the top three muscle cars? Top three muscle cars. See, that's a really hard thing to figure out because you've got so much value and price in there. But you've got at least one of those three has to be. Anything Hellcat from Dodge. Right. Yeah, I and agree. that covers a lot of vehicles, I agree. I understand. But, I mean, you have everything, you know, you basically have a Dodge Challenger and Dodge Charger, you know, two-door and a four-door, so something for everybody. Uh, the Hellcat Red Eye puts out almost 800 horsepower. 800 horsepower 
in a streetcar that you could just go out and buy today and be perfectly legal oh, to drive on the road. Don't right. tell me that. <laughs> oh, boy. It, if you've ever driven one, it, it's, it is a mouth drop. It's a complete mouth drop. Like, it's, they're just unbelievable. And no. the thing is, I have arguments with my spouse constantly because they think that the car is broken. Because it makes so much noise. Does the, the exhaust need fixing? Oh my I'm God. Like, grow up. The louder, the better. Grow up. And I like, love no, that. This is what it's supposed to be. This yeah. Is, yeah. I, I was riding with somebody once in a Ram TRX, which is also a muscle car pickup truck, if right. you want to call it that. <laughs> right. um, because it also has a supercharged V8 in it. And the person was wondering, was, is it supposed to whine like that? It's like, yes, it's supposed to whine like that. That's the sound of a supercharger. Uh, and so, yeah, some people just don't get it, and they're not muscle car people. Do do you we count the Jeep, uh, the Jeep Wrangler three ninety two as a muscle car? I think that's a bit of a stretch because <laughs> you know, for me, a muscle car is starting to border on sports car also, and so there has to be some level of handling. And I guess if you look at it in the classic muscle car sense. The Wrangler 392 would be because it doesn't handle all that well. <laughs> oh. So, boom, shakalaka. <laughs> Burn. Uh, what, what are, so, what are the definitions of muscle car? So, rear, it used to be V8 engine, rear wheel drive, two door, but that's sort of gone. Well, I, it was also always typical, you know, it was a high performance version of a car that was a normal car. So, you know, you could have the SS version of Malibu or something that, right. you know, was a normal family car, except they put a big engine in it and, you know, different suspension and tires, and suddenly you had a muscle car. And so, you know, you look at cars like the Dodge Charger, for example, you know, where you can buy a plain Dodge Charger, it's a rental car, you know, it's a family car, or you can buy the muscle version, which is the 800 horsepower version. Right. And you have the same you know, if you look at that as the muscle car, you know, Mustang is the same way. I mean, you can get a Mustang GT, which is, I wouldn't call, you know, run-of-the-mill. It's still a great, fun car to drive, Rear, as you said, front engine, rear-wheel drive, manual transmission available. Or you can go up to the GT500 with 700-plus horsepower. Does a, um, does a muscle car have to be gas? Yes. I don't think it does, necessarily. Oh, so you don't think so? That's an interesting question. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, could you call because, could you call a Mach-E a muscle car? GT? Well, I wouldn't call a Mach-E. Maybe the Mach-E GT. Um, but you're right. The muscle the idea of muscle car starts getting a little fuzzy. Yeah. Um, because if you know, then you're you know, is it a muscle car? Or is it a performance car? Yeah. Right. Um, is it an SUV? So because can an SUV be know, a, a muscle model, car? Right. With I mean, a Model Durango? S Plaid will blow the doors off of just about every other car on this list. Right. Is it a muscle car? Um, to me, yeah, a muscle a car question. is beefy, gas, See, big V8. But you, the, the key to that whole sentence, Jen, was to me. And that's, I, the, right. pro that's the problem is it's to everybody's individual idea of exactly. a muscle car. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And as we all know, Perry Stern is king, so whatever he says goes. No, uh, he's that, king of supercars. <laughs> Can I get you to talk to my wife? Yes. <laughs> sure. There's a small fee involved, however. Um, it's it's Honestly, this is a discussion we probably have to have more time for. But I will say that... Um, you know, Perry has plenty of great articles mm -hmm. at Our Auto Expert. You yes. can read about all of these cars that he has driven there. Uh, what are you driving this week, Perry? Oh, I just had a BMW M5, a German muscle car, See? just get delivered. Uh, so that should be entertaining as well. Yeah, that if I, was a 500 horsepower. That that's a that's uh, a, that's 600 a and 630. I think it's the competition version. Shut um, up. 
it's it's insane. But uh, and it, I heard it being delivered from like a block away because <laughs> it's got that big loud exhaust. So yes, I'd say it's a four door muscle car. It's just not American. I have to tell you that I own the M8 Competition, and that already outstrips it. So. I love that vehicle. Yeah, it's. That's frightening. Well, n- next week the McLaren GT arrives, and I think uh, that might outstrip them both. Yeah, well, yeah, I will we, tell you, we just talked to Roger from McLaren, and that will blow your mind. You All will right. love it. We're running out of time. Perry Stern, reading majority of his stuff at Our Auto Expert and MSN Autos. He is a fantastic journalist, and a Mrs. Perry, a fantastic man as well. Our Auto Expert will be right back. <laughs> You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. It has a throttle. We'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with automatic Andy and truck girl, Jen. Uh, we've had a good show so far. Hi, mm-hmm. guys. All right. Thanks for coming to work today. That's, uh, that's what I have to say to you. Um, Chicago Auto Show just happened. Um, and it is happening, actually, if you're a Chicagoan. Chicago. Yeah, what's oh, no, the right word on. for someone who lives in Chicago? A metropolitan warrior. Okay, I'll go with that. My uncle. Um, <laughs> the, one of the great displays there, so not all automakers were able to get, get back so quickly. One of the reasons is, of course, the show was uh, the last show to close down the pandemic, uh, or close down before the pandemic, and it was the first show to open at the end of the pandemic, which is they're the bookends to uh, auto shows being out um, and and so the last minute, the show was sort of pushed off until the very last minute. And we really only had about six to two months to six weeks notice that the show was actually going to happen. Um, and so a lot of automakers weren't ready for it and they scrambled to get there. But one of the automakers that did get their uh, stuff together, stuff together and uh, get to Chicago and have an amazing display was Nissan. They, uh, they're doing this A to Z thing. I know. Where they have everything from the uh, Aria, which is their electric SUV that comes sometimes next, sometime next year, 300 miles on a single charge. Um, they had anything from the Aria to the Z car. And the Z Proto is there, which is obviously the suggestion of what the new Z will look like in, uh, in the New York show in August. So they had everything on the floor there and everything in between. They uh, We've been to the Nissan, the NDA Nissan Design uh, Center in San Diego. Uh, we've met the designers. We've talked to the people who do everything from clay modeling. And pretty much every Nissan that arrives in the United States gets touched there in some way, shape or form. Um, whether it's exterior design, full design, you know, Frontier, Pathfinder, they all pass through there and were Americanized um, in, in some way, shape or form. Um, so... It's a real amazing operation that they've had. Uh, Ten new vehicles in 20 months. Uh, there's established a lot of established vehicles getting refreshed. There's new vehicles coming around. Uh, there's new nameplates coming around. There's just a lot of stuff that is coming out of Nissan right now. Um, but one of the biggest and probably the most iconic thing is their Halo car, which is the Z car. Remember the 240Z back in the years? Uh, that was something that uh, really put Nissan on the map. I, I guess there was two things that put Nissan on the map. Three things that put Nissan on the map. Four. Small small truck, <laughs> yep. small trucks, which, uh, you know, they were really, really good at. They I mean, it started as a fire engine company back in Japan um, in the Second World War, you know, supplying uh, equipment for firefighters. They, they also were very instrumental in bringing economical, gas economical cars to America um, in the 60s, 70s. 
and then uh, the Z cars, which is sort of the pinnacle, the halo vehicle, the affordable sports car for everybody. And so the Z car has a very special, passionate uh, place in everybody's heart. Um, a lot of people have been waiting for the new Z. Um, and we got to drive the 50th anniversary yes. edition, which is completely sold out. Yeah, 50th anniversary is sold out. But we we thought we'd talk a little bit about the, the last generation vehicle and somewhat of the history of the Zs. Um, so uh, Giulio Vitti is joining us. He's the senior manager of product planning uh, for sports cars. And the 370Z is, uh, Giulio, is the current vehicle, right, that's on sale. Um, and that, of course, all will change when the 400 arrives. Hi, Nick and Jen, it's great to be with you here. And you're right, the 370Z is the current model that we have. It's the last one of this generation. But uh, we are looking forward to, you know, the introduction of the new model, as you well said, in August 17th. I think the Z has a special place in everybody's heart because it tends to be one of the most affordable and best-performing sports cars for the money out there. But why do you think America's in love with Z cars? That's a great point, Nick. You know, before being uh, accessible, the, the greatest thing is about the emotion. I think the number one point is about the emotional connection by the design. Since uh, more than 50 years ago when the Z was launched, it brought that beautiful shape, the iconic shape that transmitted the dynamic and fluidity of the performance car that people fell in love. This is one key part. The other important part is, is when you drive the Z. When you drive the Z, the connectivity that the driver has with the steering, the gearbox, and of course with the throttle, give us that uh, what we call Zenith effect. The thrill, the emotion, the car allows you to have fun at any speed. So it's a car that uh, the inputs that you put in the steering, you can feel the road. So it's a really bold car driver and drives to drive. So those two elements are essential for this more than 50 years success of season, almost 1.8 million units sold during this time. It's it's beautiful to see people get so excited about it. I have a friend that uh, owns several businesses, and his one goal was to own a Z car at some point when his businesses became successful. So, fifty years of exhilaration has clearly paid off with uh, with everybody. What what are the principles? What does a Z car have to have? What if you list off the things that a Z car has that uh, are so appealing? What makes a Z car a Z car? Yeah, that's a great point, Nick. The first one is, you know, we have a big responsibility of our Z heritage. So when you look at the Z proto, you see that we just not go to a blank sheet of paper and design a modern car. No, we need to honor this heritage. So the magic is, how can you do that? Uh, our designers, they are very clever to put elements from the previous generations of Z like you can see the front headlamps and the grill from the 240Z, combined with the tail lamps of the 300ZX Turbo from the 90s, and make this in a perfect way to look modern, bring this to the future. So you can see the overall silhouette communicates respect to the original model. So this design authenticity is the, one of the key pillars of the Z. The second one, of course, is about performance. New Z needs to be fast, needs to be a car that inspires respect on the street and, and the track as well. We have a, a very great uh, racing heritage with uh, Paul Newman and Peter Brock. 
So we need to honor that as well. And the third one that I have to tell you is about this, what we call dancing partner. So everything needs to be a perfect synchronization between the power and control. When you are driving the car and when you are inside the cockpit, you see those, you know, center cluster, the, the gauge that shows the information. And so you can brief the heritage of Z even inside the car. So those are the three key elements. Of the Z, yeah. And I will tell you that one thing is amazing to me is seeing the new 400 Proto or the, the Proto, Z Proto, which will become the 400. And my understanding is it will be similar to the prototype is as from a side view, when you, you could probably draw two or three lines and instantly recognize a Z from its side profile. It has a very distinct profile that's pretty much recognizable just by several lines on a page. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You can see the overall shape. You can recognize that in the in the window in the rear portion. You can see the muscle of the rear fenders because that's where it transmits the power. And this is in every single detail, Nick. One important detail that uh, we know we are very proud is when you look to the engine hood, the original Z, you have that long line because the original engine was a, a six-in-line engine. Now, if you look to the proto, the shape changes because the new engine is a V6 twin turbo. So here we can say that uh, form follows function to the minimal detail. It's also nice to see the the sort of the vehicle is using quite a few uh, design tricks uh, because although it's not hugely bigger than the 370, the 400, still it has a sort of a sleeker, narrower, you know, longer look. Um, it still looks extremely muscular, but the lights are smaller and, and more modern and those sort of things. So you, you have more of a sort of a superhero look in this new one, but it still maintains that muscular feel. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I have been to work in this project for almost three years now. I had a chance to visit the design center uh, in, in Japan. So when I, I was with Tamura, our uh, chief performance specialist, he took me to the design, you know, secret rooms where only his badge was open the doors. Right. And he showed me many, many drones there. So believe me, you know, those guys, they worked hours, days, building up all those details and trying to find also a good combination between designing and engineering. I can give you an example. Um, if you think about the original headlamps of the 240Z, you know, that they have that uh, distinct shape, it's impossible to do that today with uh, the rules that you have regarding um, impact absorption and attend all the legislation. So our engineers are very clever how to try to emulate that and project the light in a way that you can see that profile coming from the headlamps using the you know LED, special LED laser that emulates the fact of the past, but with the most modern technology. So there's uh, so much effort and passion in every detail that's vehicle that uh, is, is fantastic.
And if you want a, a 50th anniversary, well, you might be out of luck because they're all sold out. You might be able to convince somebody to give up theirs. But uh, the 370Z uh, will disappear and the 400 will uh, will materialize uh, towards the end of this year, the beginning of next year. And we're all super excited about that. But remains uh, the 350, the 370 remain absolute classic vehicles. And uh, at some point, you'll see them show up at classic car organizations uh, around the country. Uh, we're looking forward to that new halo z arriving soon julio viti thank you so much for joining us to talk about uh, the brand new uh, the z370 and the brand new 400 we can't wait for them to arrive there is more our auto expert on the way you can go to the website listen to this interview or many more that we have they're all in our podcast elements just go to the bottom of the page and click podcasts you're listening to our auto expert Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automated videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm Nick Miles, along with the Truck Girl Jen and Automatic Andy. Hi. Um, do you know what the most American-made cars are, most cars in America? Mercedes. <sighs> yeah, you're just <laughs> shooting in the dark now. You're just throwing out car names, aren't you? Fiat. <laughs> we already talked about I, this last week. I think Mercedes uh, make very few cars here. Fiat don't make any cars in the U.S. Yeah, it says you. So I, I <laughs> says me. I'm making facts up now just to entertain people. Thank you, million listeners, just making facts up to entertain you. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's interesting when you look at the list. The list is out of the most American-made cars. So we we thought we'd have uh, an English guy on to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> he he currently holds six, seven. Eight and nine. Not personally. Out of the top ten. Out of the top ten. Yeah. Uh, Carpoli is here from uh, Honda, and uh, we wanted to talk about the fact that Honda's on this list of most American-made cars. Uh, this is, a, you know, which cars are have the most American parts and, and made in America, I think. Um, um, Carl, so Honda ranks up there uh, the, the, at number six on down. How do you manage that? Well, you know, um, it, thank, thanks for having me on the show again. Um, so it's, it, it's kind of a Honda philosophy that um, we want to build in the places that we sell and we want the people who will ultimately be our customers also build, also be the people that actually create the vehicles. So, yeah, you're entirely right that, that Honda has more vehicles in the top 10 of the cars.com um, made in America index than any other manufacturer, uh, whether they're based in the U.S. or um, they're an international company. Um, so we have four of the ten uh, ranking at sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, and there's no other manufacturer that has as many in the top ten. And they're all of our light trucks. So these are uh, American vehicles. These are vehicles that were designed and developed in the U.S., for the American market. And so at number six is the Ridgeline, which is our pickup truck. And number seven is the Odyssey minivan. Number eight is the Pilot, which is our mid-sized three-row SUV. And at number nine is the Passport, which is our two-row um, uh, SUV. And they're all made in Lincoln, Alabama. And not only that, um, we have uh, seven Honda and Acura models in the top 20. So yeah. including those four, we also have the RDX, uh, which is our Acura um, 
SUV. Then the TLX is at number 13. Um, and then we have the Honda Accord, which everybody knows. Uh, that comes in at 17. Um, the Acura is made in East Liberty, Ohio. And the Accord is made in Marysville, Ohio. Way to be greedy, Carl. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that awesome? It's just not what you expected, was no. it? I mean, I think this list comes out every year. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, some cars shouldn't be on there at all. Um, but, you know, there's a, there, it's nice to see the Hondas um, doing so well. And, and it's interesting also to see the American brands that you presume are made right. very much in America. And then you find out they're actually made in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, well. Yeah. Or, or Mexico. Or Mexico. Or, it, yeah. yeah, it's it's that was a little disappointing. Yeah. Um, there are fewer and fewer vehicles really being uh, made outside the U.S. because you know, things get expensive when you have to make them in another country and put them on a boat, don't they? Yeah, and, and also, you know, you have to consider the fluctuations of exchange rates as well. So there's there's many elements that kind of go into a manufacturer's decision of, of where to, to produce vehicles. Um, but, you know, Honda likes to think of itself as a, as a, as a good corporate partnership, uh, partner with, with the communities in which we produce vehicles. And, and we were actually the first um, Asian uh, manufacturer to start manufacturing uh, in the U.S. actually started in 1979. Uh, that was with our motorcycles. Uh, we started produ- producing them in Marysville, Ohio. Um, and then in November of 1982, that's when we started uh, automobile production in the, the same facility. And so oh. currently we have 12 manufacturing plants um, that produce 5 million products. And those include the automobiles that we just talked about, but also we're the largest engine manufacturer in the world and yeah. we produce engines in the U.S., power equipment products. So those would be things like the generators, the lawnmowers, um, the uh, marine engines, and also um, power sports products. So we build um, side-by-side and ATVs in the U.S. And, of course, we have our Honda Jet, uh, and that oh, yeah. is produced here in the USA. So we have a very, very large manufacturing footprint uh, in the U.S., I I was just wondering. Um, it seems like we should probably talk, uh, especially you and I, about. Mo- I'm sure somebody else that heads up the motorcycle PR department, but we should talk about motorcycles because we both like to ride them. And I have I own the, a Grom and a Rebel, so I mean I already have two Honda motorcycles. Oh, it's my other half listening. I don't have any motorcycles in the garage, um, but, <laughs> but uh, you know that, that those. It's interesting. I didn't even know. I didn't even think about where the motorcycles are produced, and I've never test driven the Honda Jet either. So I think both of those things I should be allowed to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We, we so we started with um, the um, our CR motocross bike, and and that was the uh, Elsinore, um, yeah. and that was the the vehicle that we first produced in in uh, 1979. Um, and now, you know, probably the the biggest uh, sales items of our power sports division is uh, the side by sides, yeah. which are basically you know off road dedicated race cars, and then the ATVs, which. You know, you sit astride like a motorcycle. Yeah, you yeah. have handlebars, but they have four wheels. Yeah. Um, My speed. I, I'm happy to test drive all of those for you, Carl, and report back about how I find <laughs> them. I, I'm actually Honda Motor. I, I'm just trying to buy more motorcycles, and I've been told no. But you, well, I'm you never, have I've three, never listened. don't you? Or four. Shush. Four. Shush your mouth. Yeah, there's a lot so going on. You're going to get on. me in trouble. That's not um, my problem. <laughs> well, congratulations, I have to say that, Carl, on, on having such a great lineup um, out of all those made-in-America vehicles. Uh, I guess we could also say there's only five vehicles that are more made-in-America than, than the Honda. So um, Yeah, and there's, there's only one other um, international brand in that top ten 
um, the, the the top five are uh, American brands, and um, and then the, the the tenth listed vehicle is is another uh, Japanese brand. But you know, it, it it's something that you know we we really feel very very important to to Honda. I mean, it's it's interesting now. I mean, as you had said, that really any manufacturer is an international uh, brand because it makes. Oh, did we lose him? Yep. Sounds like we lost it. Well, Carl, awesome to have you on. Talking about the top 10 American cars, we'll post it on our Facebook so you can go check it out on Our Auto Expert. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. This is Our Auto Expert radio show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also sign into our new TikTok account and watch some of the TikTok videos just under a minute and show you everything you need to know about the car, best things you didn't know about this, what you didn't know about that, the Supra, the brand new Kia Telluride, and, of course, the McLaren GT. Also find out about the F-Series races, the E-Series races, uh, Formula E that we did in New York. You can see the pace cars all on our TikTok account, Our Auto Expert. Just direct messages at Our Auto Expert on any of the social media accounts. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Truck Girl Jen, who is, uh, of course, our truck uh, expert. Are you a truck expert? Sure. Yeah. Oh, oh sure. Uh, and, are and you the radio expert? <laughs> more, yeah. Well, if, if there has to be an expert here, yeah, that's me. That's you. And uh, Automatic Andy is here as well. I'm, I'm the expert on fun. Oh, that's good. what I'm an expert on. Fa- fantastic. Yep. Um, <laughs> Anton Warman is here. He's an independent <laughs> analyst and investor. He's the expert on all things that we can't understand. Uh, so the Cybertruck, Anton, has been delayed. What's the story there? Well, so what happened is that Elon Musk came out and said that um, people may not appreciate the styling or so forth. Um, so he wouldn't be surprised if it weren't a major success. Uh, there was a tweet just a couple of days ago, and you may ask yourself, uh, they have uh, supposedly uh, about a million uh, hundred dollar refundable deposits on this thing, and uh, uh, I guess he's thinking that uh, this is uh, setting the expectations too high, but if you're unsure about whether this design either is going to work with the customer or even the street legal by the time they've gotten through the federal regulations, what do you have to do? Well, maybe you have to design a second one, a more conservative one, and give people a choice. So clearly this is an indication that the truck is not going to be mass-produced by December this year, as has been promised all along, and it's still the date that it says on the Tesla website when you go and try to put one of those $100 refundable deposits uh, onto it. So uh, I think this is a very clear indication that we are not going to be seeing mass production of the Cybertruck anywhere near the promised date. Um, yeah, and we were already ready for the delays because the factory didn't have walls on the last time I saw pictures of it. And Model Y is probably going to take precedence there in Austin, Texas, where they're going to be producing the Cybertruck. So ultimately, uh, they're still quite a way behind, even though... Uh, we haven't really seen the Cybertruck tested. There's been a few sightings on public roads, but no real information about any testing, right? That's right, Nick. So basically what you would typically see at this stage of the game uh, is that uh, you would see this thing driving around on the road someplace, even under some camouflage. I mean, Tesla doesn't really do the whole camouflage thing. I mean, they're like anti-camouflage, which, oh, by the way, I think it's it's really the sensible thing to do. I think Tesla's doing a smart thing with that. But what is not so smart here is that the the design may not even be finished yet. Uh, Remember, um, Elon Musk said just a couple of weeks ago that he was going to now add rear wheel 
wheel steering right. to the Cybertruck. Well, you didn't just leave that out out of the blue. I mean, that's a major re-engineering of the truck. You can't just wake up on a Saturday morning and say, oh, by golly, let's reorder all the tooling. I mean, these things just don't happen in a handful of months. Once you've uh, redesigned it, you've got to order the right tooling, and then you've got to test this thing. This is a multi-year process, like a two-year process. So I really don't think we're going to see mass production in any meaningful way until maybe at the very, very, very end of 2022. You know, we talk about future product and the problems that Tesla have with future product and uh, a lot of the things they talk about. Uh, but to be honest with you, they also have existing problems with current project. The Plaid seems to not be quite going as uh, planned. There's been a fire on one. There's There's been production issues on the Plaid, uh, the Model S Plaid. So that's still out to lunch. There, I mean, I mean, even the fact that CBS News now reporting it's hard to find uh, Tesla charging stations. Uh, I mean, listening to stories about people, uh, you know, just hogging their charging stations, there's lines uh, now of people who still may be uh, getting free electricity uh, queuing up at Tesla charging stations to charge their vehicles. And so a lot of owners are now complaining. Uh, utility regulations are not getting more charging stations. Uh, it seems to be hard to find charging stations uh, around the country. That seems to be now the big roadblock to a lot of these electric vehicles? Well, I mean, I think Tesla is, is frankly slightly larger problems than that. I think the, their two biggest problems right off the bat are, first of all, the ongoing competition that is giving the consumer far more choice. And for every day that goes, that means that a larger and larger percentage of the would-be customers are going to take another uh, road. The other one is that in Germany, if you're looking at factories and problems, I mean, they are in constant battle with the German regulators as to how to be able to construct and operate that plan from a variety of both uh, environmental concerns and labor uh, relations. So uh, I think that uh, Tesla certainly has its work cut out. Then, of course, we have this whole uh, recent deflection of uh, their failures in achieving full self-driving. Uh, remember, that has been promised now all the way since October 2016. So we're essentially hitting the five-year mark on that. And uh, uh, Elon Musk just came out in that tweet, on, again, just a couple of days ago. This is not even a week old, in which he said that, well, this newly vaunted version 9 of full self-driving, which was going to be the one that solved it all, finally, after 18,000 delays over the last four and a half years, this was finally going to be the one. But then he said, well... You know, this may not be it. We're going to have a version 10 coming eventually. And then after that, there will be a version 11. But maybe at that point, we can get something that will resemble, uh, you know, something that can handle all types of roads, which is, of course, basically a way of saying that this is many, many years away. Forget months or quarters. This is many, many years away. Yeah, and I think a lot of times that uh, what is said by Elon, um, if you probably took uh, it, it might be a great thing to take all of his public statements, his texts, his uh, his, his things that he's been said he said uh, verbally, things that he's tweeted, and put them all in a long list and do a tick or a cross next to them. What was true and what wasn't true, and I think it would be surprising to a lot of people. And then you throw the gaslighting on top of it because, of course, they've been now charging up to about ten thousand dollars at various times for this non-existent full self-driving feature. Now, as of uh, last night, they published that they were going to offer it as a pay-as-you-go service for, depending on which version of Tesla you have, uh, either $100 a month or $200 a month. So now you're going to be subscribing 
uh, to a monthly payment to an equally non-existent technology. <laughs> Can you imagine if Apple charged you $100 for uh, cloud storage that didn't exist? Yeah. Well, I just paid for storage. Well, sorry, that would that is would be would be potential future storage that maybe at some point in the distant years you might get. But in the meantime, we'll charge you $99 a month for this. I mean, right. what a joke that would be. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately, uh, have they started taking people's money yet? Well, uh, for the uh, subscription, well, the announcement just came last night. So uh, I, I assume that means that it's starting now. So basically, if you are, if you have the right vehicle and you are able to subscribe, you can click the button and uh, and uh, get this thing, which is essentially, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, non-existent because there is no full self-driving. You can't even, you know, legally take your hands off the wheel. I mean, in theory, you could give it a shot. And of course, we see people doing that all the time, but it is not approved for that. Right. And the Tesla's own fine print states it very clearly that this is not a, this is a 100 percent eyes on the road, hands on the wheel technology. And, you know, they're, they're kind of doing this a constant double speak, both in terms of labeling the technology and then posting all of these videos with uh, uh, people, uh, you know, trying to do a little bit more with it than uh, the regulations indeed prescribe. Uh, it's just it's mind boggling to me at some point anyway. The, it, it's super interesting how uh, he just continues and uh, doesn't really have any payoff uh, for the the statements he makes. Let's look at other automakers here. Uh, Volkswagen wants half of its vehicle sales to be electric by 2030. Is that realistic, knowing that we still have charging station issues, that we still have um, a lot of work to do before we have availability of all this? Do you think Volkswagen will hit that in just uh, eight, nine years? Look, here's the issue with that. I mean, if the governments want to force the issue, they can. All right. they could do it tomorrow. I mean, they, they could radically reduce all of Volkswagen total sales by essentially banning non-electric cars or banning a certain percentage of them. Clearly, the European Union now is on a track for a 2035 de facto ban of all non-battery electric vehicles. So you can force the issue, but the problem is that, you know, you're going to sell fewer cars and or they're going to be priced much higher and or they're going to have to be very, very heavily subsidized by the taxpayer. So, yes, it can be done, Nick. The problem is that it is not rational, nor is it cheap to do so. Right. And we'll have to see if uh, if that actually happens. And still some of these hefty goals, I still think one of the car companies that has it right is Ford, where they're still offering F-150s in the four different uh, powertrains, gas, diesel, hybrid and electric. Electric, of course, to come sometime next year in the new Ford Lightning. So uh, holding our breaths. Uh, what's new on electric news as far as vehicles? Are we expecting any announcements? I mean, I, I know that Rivian is still on a delay schedule for the arrival of their R1T and R1A. Yeah, surprise, surprise. This thing, which was on track for roughly this time last year and was going to be delivered here in, uh, within weeks from now. Now they're saying maybe toward the end of September. So, uh, I mean, the thing about the Rivian anyway, I mean, I've personally witnessed uh, test vehicles out in the field in multiple locations and geographies uh, of this thing out there. So clearly they are at least testing this thing. That much we know. We can only, um, you know, um, speculate as to whether this will be a good product or not. But I think it's overall, the overall concept looks reasonably attractive. And, 
Well, I just have to see Nick when we get behind the wheel and can uh, you know beat it up a little bit. All right, Anton Wallman is an independent analyst and investor. You can re- read the majority of his stuff at the Street and Seeking Alpha, and of course, he joins us every single week to talk about what's going on in electric cars. There is nobody that is as well informed as Anton when it comes to the business of electricity, especially in Europe. Also, what's coming in new electric vehicles, and of course, autonomous driving uh, on that segment as well. Uh, you can listen to the previous interviews that we've done with Anton at our website ourautoexpert.com he uh, takes up the last portion of our show uh, every single podcast and so you can listen to those and find out exactly what's going on and look at some of those over 100 vehicles that will be arriving in the electric umbrella of vehicles stand by more Our Auto Expert is on the way with Truck Girl Jen and Automatic Andy you're listening to Our Auto Expert Over 12,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more have uh, streamed us and do stream us every single week online. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get the news from Our Auto Expert daily. Um, Andy, you have a list of the Mazda 3, which we've been driving this week. Mm-hmm. I have to say is, uh, if I was going to buy a sedan of that in that class... I'm gonna say it's probably my favorite. Um, so, there's there's a lot of there's a whole lot of pros, Nick. Okay, tell me them. Go. Um, number one that I personally found very attractive in the car is that it has heated mirrors. Yeah, you don't want to be backing out of my race course uh, without heated mirrors because you don't want them fogged up. Because backing out of my driveway is difficult. Well, that yeah, that, that and it's very useful for big guys because I'm really heated and when it's cold out and I get inside, they won't fog, so that's nice. All right. What else? Um JD and Power, JD Power and Associates, those, yeah. them guys. Uh they said they were numero uno in compact cars. Yeah. Hatchbacks. Yeah. And small cars. Boom, a three-fa. Take it down. Next Just one. a three-pack. And number numero three. This is my, this is the one I was most astounded at. Most popular option for Uber drivers. Mazda three. Most popular option for Uber drivers. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. If when you when you I'm going to demand a Mazda three with uh, Uber drivers now because that's turbo. All right. Oh wait, I blew your number four. Go. Speaking of. Yeah. They finally have a turbo edition in the hatchback, yep. which goes finally super duper fast. And by super duper, that translates to zero to sixty in a modest five point six. That's pretty good for that size of car. Does that include me and you in the front? front row no that might weigh it down a bit the times might be off yeah that's that's gonna be a seven that's a jen jen could do that yeah but we couldn't because we're, we're a little heavier than jen just, uh, all right just a scope number five so this this one's a big one yeah especially if you're a fan of the whole mazda brand uh of its competitors which would include the civic the corolla and the jetta it's the only car to offer all-wheel drive. Boom. Done. Take it down. Done. That's your list. Hey, you know, the reason to find your next hire with Indeed are uh, stacking up. Those reasons, uh, they're adding up. Just take a look at the numbers. Instant match search match searches millions of resumes in Indeed's database to deliver candidates who, uh, you know, whose resumes fit your job description. They also have 135 skill tests that go beyond the resume to help find the right candidate 
and fast. According to uh, Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all of the other job sites combined. Kaboom. And, uh, you know, if you... If you want, if you want. So if you want this, your employees, and uh, if you want more multiple employees, you want to multiply them and have many more employees at your business, uh, then all you have to do is really go to get rid of the hassle at Indeed.com. You can find the vast Indeed uh, employees and you just go them, Indeed.com slash credit. Andy, that's your next job when we radio doesn't work out for us. Just go to Indeed. Oh, you've already done that, but you didn't find this job at Indeed, did you? No, I had a profile all yeah. ready to go. Yeah. I almost applied, but then you said, hey, no, you're good. Yeah, no, <laughs> Jen was like, he punishes me, please be the protective layer between me and Nick. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was the most sincere answer. Yes, yes. Please help us out. Um, I, You know, I was looking at some of the uh, the interesting news stories this week. It, it It's interesting that Mar uh, Ford came out with a marquee... Makeyu, 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 a new scent for the Mustang. The Mustang Marquee gets its own scent. Wait a minute. Yeah. So like a like a Cologne? Yeah, well, if you want it, yeah, Cologne. Yeah. If you want to buy a Ford Mustang Marquee, but yeah, you're holding back because of you know you'll miss that gasoline smell. Well, you you're not alone. <laughs> in fact, uh, the Blue Oval commissioned a survey that reveals that one in five drivers said they will miss the smell of gasoline. Just leaving that right there. They will miss the smell of gasoline. I love the smell of gasoline. Do you? Yes. Jenna, there's, there's young people listening. Well, that and other things. Oh, yeah. You like the rumble of this under the seats? Uh, anyway, if you miss that, 70% of those that admire the smell of gasoline, Ford have come up with a smell called, uh, you know, Ford Europe really got it together. And it's called the Mac Eu. According to the automaker, it's a premium fragrance for those who crave the performance of the new all-electric uh, Mustang Mark-E GT, yet still hold on to the fondness of the smell of the traditional petroleum. I want to smell it now. That, there you go. I can't imagine you so, put gasoline on your body. I was going to say, you're going to walk like through it. and a woman's going to go, what is that? And you're going to go, Petro, baby. Yeah. Petro. <laughs> I mean, I on. smell like gasoline. <laughs> mm. uh, it's hilarious. I hope it's not inflammable. You know, because <laughs> the aftershave or eau de toilette or cologne is flammable because it Correct. has so much alcohol in it. Yes. So don't have, don't try this at home. So is hairspray. Could you imagine using that fresh after a straight razor? Just the, the how my the face slap. hurts right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I've got a beard, but I still razor below the beard line and above the beard line. Yeah. So Ugh. so I don't have hair growing up to my eyes. So when I was a kid and we used to get sap all over my hands, that's what my parents used to use was gasoline to, to get, get it off? sap off your hands. Yeah. Why would you get sap on your hands? Oh, my God. Because I played in the woods a lot. All right. I that, we'll leave that cut. right there. Just leaving it, walking away. Yeah. Just leaving it, walking away. Cut. I played in the woods like a lot. I cut firewood. All right. You know? I don't know. Help my Just, parents I don't know out. Who's, I grew Who up in the you? city. Yeah. You didn't have someone that brought it in, built the fires for you in your house? No. Yeah, you no, didn't we have had, like a service? We had Higgins. Well, that's good for you. Higgins we had a wood stove and we used to go oh. out and help my dad you, cut it and stack it. And Were you poor? No. Oh. We had three stoves. We electric were, and gas. We were energy yeah. efficient. Were you? Yes, my mom is very environmentally friendly. The ladies in black and white and Higgins used to build the fires in the house. I don't know <laughs> how that used to work. What do you... Never mind. Okay, and the Before next... Before I got in my beautiful Rolls Royce and went to school. Yeah. Daddy, could I have a toffee apple on the way to school, please? <laughs> no, I believe all of that. We had yeah, a, me we too. Had a, we had a, a, a motorcycle 
you know, riders who rode outside the Rolls Royce used to stop the traffic? Please. I, I, I know he's only like a third kidding. Really? Like he, Nick had a platinum spoon growing up. Mm. Not a silver. Not a silver. Well, platinum. Yeah. This silver. You make spoon out of silver. Yeah. Ew. See. Yeah. Really? It's didn't know that. No titanium. No. no. <laughs> what, is it, what is titanium? Is no, that a, he, a metal that common folk use? Oh, here we go. Yeah. yeah here. It comes. All right. Uh, I'm just kidding. Do you want to talk um, about our no, favorite topic, Tesla? Oh uh, no. Neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, like I think they have the really, really great technology, mm-hmm. but I just think the business plan just seems a mess. To me, I don't know. There's just been a lot of hiccups with the way that he treats people and the way he treats his vendors and his employees that kind of yeah. like really turn me off. Um, it it's a personal preference. Yes, it is. Um, I but I tend to you know not get get thrilled by anything that's said by Elon when it doesn't come true. It's kind of disheartening. Well. And the safety, the whole safety factor about the cars catching on fire, and I don't know. Yeah, what, the, what was it, 50 people that got uh, pla- uh, plaid, uh, Tesla Model S plaids? One has already caught fire in someone's garage or someone's yeah. driveway, I believe. Yeah, it's it's sad. What isn't sad is Our Auto Expert is That's available right. 24-7 at OurAutoExpert.com. You can listen to previous shows. You can watch some of our videos of us on TVs. You can go to the TikToks. Andy's, uh, Andy is the image of the TikToks. I'm yeah. the face. Automatic Annie is the face of our TikToks. You can go watch <laughs> it there. All right, we'll be back next week. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.